In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I'm here, my co-host Jack. How are you, buddy? I'm good, especially when we've got these two lads on. So my favourite Browns podcast. Um, we've got them both on this time. We've had one, we've had the other, and we've got the pair this time. So really excited. Can't wait. It's, it's pretty hard to get us both together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, we can't even get together for our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so priv- privilege and an honour to be here, sir. Thank you. So, Greg, where in the world are you at the moment? Uh, I am at my house, sitting in my bedroom on top of my bed. Can you hear my you? Ch- Can you hear my kids yelling in the background? I apologize if you if, no, if we, that's me. We we can't hear anything. And uh, are you in? Where in the world are you? Uh, in uh, Ohio, uh, here okay. on Ohio. Good. And your brother's in Florida, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's currently in the uh, Baywater Studios in Tampa, Florida. Very nice. <laughs> wow. We know we've filmed from the River Thames studio, aka my office. So, uh, but yeah, mate, I really appreciate that you're not in a Walmart car park for this podcast. So, thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> and Jack, what are we going to talk about today? So today is my favorite position, the most important position in the NFL. We're going to chat about running backs, um, and then we're going to chat about special teams. So we saved the best for last. We got on two fantastic minds to help us break down the position, but we're doing our three-year look. So as an NFL team does, they're not just looking in one-year windows. We're looking big picture, three years, sort of where we're at in the position, any free agents we should be targeting, who's out there, and stuff like that. So uh, no, we're going to be kicking off. And um, we'll, we'll start with the first name in the running back room, Nick Chubb. So 2019, he's on 1.7 million. 2020 is 2 million. 2021, it's 2.3 million. So uh, tied up for them. And then for me, great running back. I'd never draft a running back that high, but at least he's put in some production. Um, but the question's going to come for him after them three more years. Do you move on? Because... Is he going to be looking for bell money, potentially, girly money? Um, massive, massive contract. I'd never invest in the position, so let him hit free agency, get a comp pick, and draft another one. Well, no matter. Okay. Uh, so, yes, he would be 26 after three years. So, um, I mean, he, you still have tread on the tire. What, they always say 30 years and beyond for running backs. Once you hit, hit 30, it's all downhill for you. So, um, you know, a lot of this comes down to how much you're going to have to pay these guys. Is Nick Chubb ever going to catch a ton of balls out of the backfield like a Le'Veon Bell where he might be uh, demanding that kind of money? I don't know if that's necessarily his forte. So when his contract comes up, it might not be as expensive as, you know, um, uh, you know a Le'Veon Bell or somebody like that of that stature. Um, so, you, you know, really you got to look into it. a lot of it plays into, and in also what's Kareem Hunt going to be doing here? Is he still going to be around in year three? What are you going to be playing with? Um, I don't, I don't like to say you never sign a guy, 
especially when we don't know. What if he puts back, uh, what, back-to-back 1,500 yards seasons? And uh, what are we doing? Are we axing him then? People won't be very happy with that. But, uh, yeah, let's see. I think we have a hell of a back here. I think this is a guy that could put up 1,000 yards for the next three seasons, and then when that third season's over, we, we figure out what we're going to do after that. Adam? Uh, yeah, that's the, sort of the problem is if he's good, uh, you feel bad not moving on to a second contract. Um, but the NFL, it's tough business. So if he's good enough to get $15 million a year, I think you got to let him go. So I think uh, you, you, wear, you, you wear out that tire tread now while you, while you got him there for, for cheap. But I expect him to be here for, for four years, and that's probably going to be the end of it. Paul? Do you think we'd franchise tag him at the end, or you'd just be too expensive? Um, that, that is an option you could take, depending what happens with the running back market, um, because the advantage of a franchise tag is just one year, and then you can cut him again, and it's, it, there's no long-term commitment. So it, there is the potential if you were desperate, but in all honesty, you can get undrafted um, running backs that can come into a job. You had Philip Lindsay this year. You had CJ Anderson that came off a scrap heat and looked just as good as Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is probably the most overrated player in the NFL, purely from the aspect of he benefits from 11 personnel and running against light boxes. And on everything, like evaded tackles, below average. On all the big measurements, he's below average. Um, so, quite frankly, never pay a running back. Um, stack them high, stack them cheap, and then move on. Um, that's the way I treat him. So, um, yeah, use and abuse, and then uh, good luck to him. Uh, I believe uh, Nick Chubb was – he PFF had him either uh, second or fourth. I can't remember which the order was in because one thing Nick Chubb's known for is the same thing that Kareem Hunt's known for, breaking tackles. So, Nick Chubb was either two or four, and then uh, Kareem Hunt was the other. I think that's – John Dorsey – when John Dorsey looks at running backs, that is one of his biggest uh, keys that he looks at is, are they going to be able to avoid tackles? Yeah, he was PFF's number one running back this year. Um, okay. So, um, that's just in that overall stat. But, no, um, fan- fantastic production, and uh, it's good we finally got him on the field. If it wouldn't have been for that trade of Carlos Hyde, he'd probably have never played. There's still 2.3 <laughs> million of Carlos Hyde we've still got to pay. Um, but hey, that's that's done this year, and then that'll be the end of him. We did get a good trade pick from there, mate. Yeah, but we could have just not spent the money on him and started uh, Nick Chubb, and then maybe we'd have won a couple more games. <laughs> but hey, so well, who wants to be in the playoffs, Jack? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> saving it for next year. <laughs> so next um, player we're going to talk about is Kareem Hunt, who has a 2019 um, deal with 975,000. But I'm going to go a bit nerdy and cap stats on these um, because he's not getting all that money because if you're suspended, you lose the percentages of them. So based on the contract that he's got, um, there's a debate going on within the NFL at the minute, according to teams um, from Matt Miller, um, that it's either going to be a 10-game or a 12-game suspension. Those are the numbers of what they're looking at. If it ends up being a 10-game suspension, he'll get his accrued season for 2019 because you've got to be active for six games in the season, um, regular season. So he'll get that. Um, means he'll be a restricted free agent in 2020, um, which means over the course of two years, that'll be a two-year, 2.6 million deal. If he ends up with a 12-game suspension, though, 
looking at the numbers for here, he wouldn't get an accrued season this year. So he'd still, uh, would be able to keep him as an exclusive rights free agent in 2020, meaning we could then um, keep him as a restricted free agent in 2021, meaning altogether, if it is a 12 game suspension this year, it would look like we could time up for 3.35 million on a three year deal. So very, very, very cheap price, much cheaper than Nick Chubb. Um, so cap wise, it could turn out to be a very good deal. Obviously, a complete wrong one. Um, and that is, that's what you get with Dorsey. But um, could be very, very, very cheap. Um, a three-year, $3.35 million is a, it's a lovely deal um, to have any player signed to. Adam? Uh, yeah, that's, that wouldn't be bad now that I'm seeing the numbers there. Uh, that you control his rights basically through 2020 and maybe into 2021. Uh, makes the signing a little more palatable. And, I mean, that's your Nick Chubb replacement for one year uh, on his restricted free agent deal in 2021 if you had to uh, if you had to move on from that. I mean, besides all the uh, drama that surrounded that, that signing, uh, it, you know, it lasted a few days. It's kind of, it's kind of moved on from there. Uh, and, you know, free agency and the combine is sort of, the new news. So I can't say I hate the signing. Great. Yeah. I'm uh, writing Roger Goodell right now to make sure that he upholds the 12 game suspension to give us the best <laughs> possible contract outcome, uh, because that's what I care about in this situation. Uh, <laughs> let's hold these rights. Even, uh, you know, even, even if he, when he comes back, uh, Nick Chubb's running hard, Duke Johnson's doing his thing. Um, it's obviously going to give you a, a, um, an added spark. He's going to be fresh. We saw that this year. C.J. Anderson comes in, uh, spells you know what you just brought up, uh, Todd Gurley, the most overrated back in, in the NFL, Todd Gurley. <laughs> but he, and he goes out there and he's fresh, man. I mean, that, sometimes that's what you need. Uh, if an injury bug hits the Browns, uh, we're going to be happy that we have Kareem Hunt. Now, you don't have to like everything that he did off field, but from a business aspect, it's a good move. Yeah, I'm super excited about having him as a player in the Browns uh, roster. But I've got a question for each of you, starting with you, Jack. Um, head to head, who would you have, Chubb or Hunt? Um, Chubb, P- because... Player, play, 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 player only, not talking about his uh, off-the-field stuff. Um, well, it's, it's tough to take that out there because, at the end of the day, availability from a suspension, forget what the suspension was for, Having a suspension is a massive negative. The fact that he's basically going to miss this whole season. You then draw questions of, will it happen again? Could you rely on the player? So I'm taking, forget what the incident was. I'm taking Chubb because it's all about availability. Run, run the running back into the ground and after four years, wash your hands and move on. Greg, what would you go with? Player for player. Uh, I honestly think it's, it's very, about as close as you possibly get. I think there's, uh, they're very similar players in a lot of ways. Cream Hunt probably gives you a little bit more from a receiving aspect. So he's, but we don't know. I don't think we know what Chubb's potential is there just because he didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't do it, but it's, it's really, it's about as close as possible. I mean, it's a, it's a tie. Mate, there's a gun to your head. You've got to choose one. Oh, or the okay. other. Uh, well, give me Nick Chubb <laughs> for obvious, for obvious reasons uh, that he won't be suspended. Even though I can't take that into account. Adam. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb is one of my one of my favorite backs of that class. Uh, 
I mean, Kareem Hunt, he's a local Ohio kid. Um, I wish him all the best. Nick Chubb just seems like a, a, a super good person. And like Greg said, they both, they're both elusive, uh, high elusive rating guys. They both break a lot of tackles. Uh, I just love Nick Chubb's explosion, and he just seems like pure pro all the way. Nick Chubb is slightly more athletic. I think uh, if you go back and look at his testing, I think Kareem Hunt was like a 4'6 guy. And when you watch him on film, I think you can see that. Nick Chubb has just a little bit more burst. So we'll jump on to the next one. Duke Johnson, one of them rare times I actually don't mind a contract extension for a running back. And that's because if you're mainly a receiving back that can also play in the slot, you actually have value because he hasn't had that much contact and game time. Um, so you can flip him. For me, he's the best slot receiver the Browns have, and I don't think he's even close. Um, so looking at his 2019 deal, it's 3 million with 2.2 if you traded him. 2020 is 4.8 million with 1.5 if you trade him. And 2021 is 5.9 with 750,000 if you trade him. For me, certainly around this year because it's almost like forget Kareem Hunt even exists for this season. Um, put him on a shelf and then, yeah, if he comes back after 10, 12 games, then great. But up until that point, almost think that he doesn't exist in terms of roster. So certainly here for this season. And then for me, I've got no issue in moving him into a, a backup slot receiver that gets a lot of starting time and then can come in and do all sorts of trickery stuff in the backfield. So uh, for me, I've got no issue keeping him here longer term. What about you, Greg? Uh, I love Duke Johnson. I mean, this is, he's one of my favorite players on the Browns. Uh, my son, uh, who's two and a half years old, rocks a Duke Johnson uh, jersey every Sunday because, to me, Duke is, is uh, the most underutilized player on this team, one of the most underutilized players in the league. I mean, I see him as a uh, not Alvin Kamara, the exact player, but that type. And he can give you so much more. And, if, and the Browns need to do more of going and watching of what, how, how New Orleans uses – Kamara and a lot of so much of it is they're they're doing two like a two-man game they use Mike Thomas and Kamara one runs uh underneath route one runs one over the top and and Drew Brees picks his poison and I think that's what the Browns should be doing with Duke Johnson um I think that these the rumor or well the the talk about Duke being traded because Kareem Hunt was picked up is you know uh, John Dorsey didn't do a good job of helping that by the, the way he answered it in the media but um, I don't think there's there's much uh, to worry about for Duke. I mean, he's he's a vital part, and he you brought it up, slot receiver he gives you, so he's got uh, he's got a little bit of flexibility that these other two don't. He's a different kind of running back, different style than what the other two are, and we need that extra dimension. Adam, uh, yeah, it, uh, probably just backing up what Greg said uh, is Duke is probably one of the more respected players not only uh, on the team, but in the league. Uh, it seems like everybody loves Duke Johnson uh, around the league. Uh, another, just a pro, a nice dude to have in your locker room. I mean, I, I've never talked to him. I don't know him, but it seems like a guy you want on your team and not playing against you. Uh, he's been a little bit mismanaged uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, people talk about his durability. Duke Johnson's never missed a game, although every time he's tackled, he pops up. Like he's like he like he's going to miss some games. Dude's <laughs> never missed a game. It, it it's a weird. It's a kind of a funny thing that that everyone talks about his durability, uh, and he's always been available. Uh, you know, 
5.9 million in 2021 for let's say a second slot receiver might be a bargain. Uh, you know, running back, it's, it's going to be high, but depending where the CBA goes, I'm not sure that his contract numbers are going to be super out of whack. Uh, and, and it might just be a guy that you keep around because he's important to your, to your ball club. Uh, at the end of the day, um, Landry's only got one more year left. So mate, in 2020, he definitely will be starting slot receiver because Landry's gone. But uh, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, Duke Johnson fan. I think I'll take, another, take away the Hunt situation because let's just say he's 10, 12 games out anyway this season. I wonder if Duke Johnson is really in Freddie's plans. Um, obviously, um, Dorsey, if I'm correct, re-signed uh, Duke's contract. So I, I believe it's in Dorsey's plans. But um, at the end of the season, I wonder how much... Freddie played Duke and how much this year he will get the ball. Yeah, it's one of them that um, everyone thought he was in Dorsey's plans and then Dorsey, when he opens his mouth, just literally um, confuses the hell out of everyone. He's not expendable yet. It was just a comment that never needed to be made sort of right at the end of a press conference. And uh, obviously that's going to upset you if you're Duke Johnson because you're seen as expendable. Um, and it's just, there was no need for that. Greg? I believe that Duke, when you look at uh, Duke Johnson usage, like uh, snaps, I believe his snaps were actually pretty high, but he just did not get targets. He did not get carries compared um, to to what his his snap percentage was. But I believe a snap – is that correct, Jack? You're shaking your yeah. head? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was about 40% um, on the field for uh, – across the season which is solid um so yeah it was it was just it was bizarre that um yeah. he was always out there i think they trusted him most in um pass protection and stuff and then he can run dangerous routes so he's so flexible that for me you're probably looking at maybe the best second choice running back on any team in the nfl going into this season so it's, it's a fantastic position to be absolutely um, we'll touch on him. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, 570000 this year. Um, exclusive rights free agent 2020 and then restricted free agent 2021. I think he, he's fine as a third running back for this season. Um, and then if Kareem Hunt comes back after 10 games, 12 games, you can just slide one in, slide him off and maybe stick him on the practice squad if <coughs> one claims him. And um, wouldn't surprise me if someone does. Um, and then you can just move on. But at the same time, if you find someone in... Um, the sixth, seventh round. If you find someone in um, the undrafted free agents, I'm not going to be upset if he moves on. I just never want to see him throw another ball again because that was awful. <laughs> Adam, uh, yeah, not much to say there. He's, he's been uh, he's been perfectly fine on his uh, rookie deal. Uh, he can catch the kickoff and down and in the end zone just as well as anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Uh, Jack highlighted that in his uh, the article that he wrote the other day. And Adam and I, have been that's been one of our pet peeves, people running it out of the end zone for no apparent reason when you get to the 25. Dontrell Hilliard uh, added to that this year, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a decent player. He got, he got a little bit of playing time. I mean, honestly, uh, more than what I even expected this year uh, when they went to that three back sets uh, a number of times. So, um, if, if you're down and you have to rely on Dontrell Hilliard, I, I would say I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I think he's as good as any other third, uh, third back in this league. Pope. Mm, it's interesting. 
I'm not sure. I think there could be an undrafted free agent that we just try and give a go versus him. Do you think he's got any trade value at all? No. 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 He might no. make the practice squad if we needed to. Is is that low in value? He's he's uh, definitely open up for competition. I mean, I agree with you 100 percent there. The other thing that's interesting is typically you have your third running back as a like a a special teams guy. Nick Chubb, we saw him try to play special teams. That's why they had to get rid of Carlos Hyde because they couldn't have him play special teams anymore. He's that bad. And uh, and then who who's going to play Duke and and uh, Kareem Hunt? Like you know, who's going to play special teams out of those guys? So. You don't have to, so, and I probably won't if it's just those three guys. But I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Hilliard. Hilliard played uh, kickoff return or kickoff return and kickoff coverage, I believe. Yeah, played thirty, oh, just over thirty percent of special team snaps. So I was okay. definitely involved there. Um, Chubb was just over twenty percent. So yeah, you, you're probably going to move Chubb off them um, if he's, you're going to feature him. So uh, exciting stuff. So um, I th- we'll wrap up. Anyone want any free agents out there? I'd be shocked if we. Uh, Go free agent. Paul's got something to add? Yeah, I just got a question. With Hunt, do you think Hunt's going to be the number one um, uh, pump return, kick return guy? Uh, it, it depends which woman he's kicking. Oh, oh Jack. Oh, Jack. Jeez, Jack. Mate, come on, mate. That's a yellow card, mate. Yellow card. <laughs> yellow card. <laughs> We're, we're a pro hunt show here, mate. Come on. Uh, I did, think, I, did hunt has. I, I would have to look at the stats. Has hunt re, returned kicks and punts? I believe well, so. No I don't think. I mean, I didn't know that he was doing that. If he was, I thought so in my head anyway. So I could be wrong. I could be right. We'll find out. It's, it's something for everyone to research. If you're ever looking for that stuff, Pro Football Reference is a great place to go. Lots of stats on snap counts and all sorts of stuff. So, um. We'll flip over to the special teams. Um, we'll just do the punter first um, because I think there might be a bit of debate about kickers, so we'll leave them till last. So Britain Colquitt, 2.7 million this year, 2.8 next year, um, free, full free agent in 2021. Um, solid enough. Missed out on the Pro Bowl for a lack of Twitter followers. So um, just <laughs> a fantastic job. <laughs> That's Adam's guy. Yeah, that's talk uh, him up, Adam. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have literally no stats in front of me for whatever reason. After every post game, we we call out Colquitt's uh, great job. Um, I suppose that's the right amount of money to pay a good punter. Uh, <laughs> not, not real sure people. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, I got no problem with him, and I, I I love him on the team. He's my he's my boy. Yeah, you typically it's a bad game when Adam goes after the game goes. Hey, Colquitt had a good one today. <laughs> yeah, ten <laughs> punts inside yeah. the twenty or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He had five hundred yards of punting. <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's never good. But he's done a very good job. I, I I can't think of I can't think of any time where where he just had one. I mean, we've had those punters in the past where they had to get one out of the end zone and then they end up kicking it like seven yards. Uh, and just terrible. I think for the most part, Colquitt's been really damn good here. And if you recall, he replaced a guy that we got a fourth round pick for. So, so that's a bonus. And then we use that fourth round pick on a player even less valuable than the punter. Who'd we get? Didn't we get uh, 
Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. Jeez. Throwing shade tonight. Yeah, the anti-cream hunt and Jarvis Landry show. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, I just want to say we are a pro-Landry show, just in case. <laughs> and I've got 51% shares in the show and Jeff's got 49%. <laughs> Uh, that's right i edit it so it's all good yeah right Excellent. shout out to the um, editors uh, back, back to a serious point jack um last year you were mentioning how we could save money by getting a cheaper punter in do you think uh cold quit is at risk at all just to maybe save a little bit of money there's always the option vogel was solid um so i had no re- no issue if you, you save two million a year by going for someone on their rookie deal so at the end of the day it's a position which I think you can easily get 90% production, but at the same time, for me, punting's more important than maybe spending it in some of them other positions where you're spending two million. So I've got no issue with spending that on him, but at the same time, if they get someone that can get 90% production and you get a cheaper player, any real position out there, I'm happy to take a cheaper player for 90% production on a rookie deal. So Cool. Um, Paul, we'll ask this question again just to check you on your toes. Name of the long snapper. Oh, come on. <laughs> I've not done you again, have I? No, but I know. I do. I've got some insight, okay? I'll, I'll uh, defend myself, okay? Zane told me he's a huge drinker. <laughs> <laughs> That's got, awesome. Jack, Jack, you know I've got no laptop here. I'm on my phone for this <laughs> podcast. I can't even cheat today and find out who he's called. But so, no, I think he's Charlie called... Hewlett. Charlie Hewlett, that's it. I knew that. So... I was going to guess Ryan Pompriant. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Another, another yeah. all-star name in <laughs> Cleveland lore. So, signed up to a nice long deal. Thank you, Sashi. Um, 805,000 this year, 1 million next year, 1.145 the year after. So, dirt cheap. Um, that You're looking at around 0.5% of your cap for um, long snappers. So perfectly happy with that. Jobs are good. And um, unless any of you guys have got a dire need to change the long snapper. You're telling me I can start training my two and a half year old, how to snap for a million dollars a year. You get a million dollars to snap a ball. Probably what? 50, 60 times a year. Nah, probably more than that. Probably a hundred times a year. You got to snap it just a hundred out of hundred. You can make $1 million. Yeah, boy. If this isn't the greatest country in the world, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the only job better than that is backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, until you get until you have to go in. I oh, know. In in the words of uh, the Colts' um, former um, head coach that was asked on why you don't give um, Manning snaps, he just said, "We don't practice fucked." Because quite <laughs> frankly, if your lead quarterback goes down, your season's over anyway. But back to special teams. Um, no, Jack, I want, I've got a question to ask. Long snapper, does he do anything else but snap the ball? Like, if there was an injury, could he punt? Could he kick? No. Um, no. Trick I plays? think if, if all of your linemen, like, he might be the emergency, like, center if you had to. He's usually undersized for, like, uh, you know, they're usually, like, bigger than most human beings, I guess, like 250 pounds or something, but they're usually smaller than what a, a lineman would be. Yeah. M- maybe third center on a game day, um, a push. 
Um, because you you always have your starting centre and you'll have a backup centre. So Corbett did the job for us this season. So yeah, potentially your third centre. But if if you get both your centres go down in the game, you're probably you're, screwed anyway. Yeah, I think your whole line has to get hurt at that point. If that happens, you're done. You might as well just forfeit at that point. It's not going to end up well. I, I just looked up the trivia. Charlie's 6'4", 247. Okay. Played football at uh, Central Florida, and he's from Tampa. So, uh, Charlie, if you want to come hang out in the Baywater Studios, have some pod, beers. <laughs> we'll have some beers. If he's from Florida, he's a drinker. I mean, that's, we can go ahead and chalk that up. I, I completely agree with Zane that he, you don't even have to fact check that one. 6'4", 247, he's drinking you under the table, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> doubled me up. Yeah, but he hasn't put up with all them years of Browns uh, fandom, so that that increases the tolerance for drinking. <laughs> so kickers, um, unfortunately, a Man United fan, so we actively called for this guy to be cut when he uh, did his first post-game press conference in a Man United shirt because that's just unacceptable. Um, so Greg Joseph. 570,000 this year, exclusive rights free agent 2020 and restricted in 2021. So we've got him on a cheapish deal for as long as we want. Um, for me, my only concern is uh, just the ball regularly goes over, but it just doesn't feel confident when it's happening. I don't know what is wrong with it. For me, I'm always up for bringing in a couple of undrafted free agents every year. Let them have a kicking contest and just cut some of them when you get bored of them and choose who you're going to keep. So, Greg? Well, let me pose this question to you guys. Uh, you're in the Super Bowl. You're down by two points. You have a 50-yard field goal. Greg Joseph steps up to, to knock it down. Is there any, do, do any of you think he's going to make it? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that should that, – so two no's and a yes – uh, and I, I'll say no, three no's and a yes. I think that says all we need to say about our kicker. Um, you want I mean, he, he, well, to say? I was going to say, he could come back, back and, and prove us wrong this, uh, this spring, that's for sure. It's going to go 10 yards to the, away, and it's going to tuck straight back in and go in. <laughs> and Cleveland will burn. <laughs> no, Miami will burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Adam, you, you, you're keeping him, you're, you're going out. Any of them names there uh, really interest you as a free agent? Uh, I'm looking at that list of free agents. Uh, uh, the only one that I know is actually a human is Phil Dawson because he played here before. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I would rather not pay uh, a, a kicker to come in. I think Robbie Gold is getting franchised in San Francisco. This is a strategy a lot of teams use. Um, their franchise tag with because it's a cheap it's a cheap tag and you keep the guy for another year uh basically just an injury uh insurance i'm not sure what they do there i definitely think you bring in uh competition and and go from there paul real tough one this jack i think we've got to keep him at the club I think everything he's done last year, he's definitely owed another chance in the NFL. But maybe we draft, not like this, someone in the seventh round, someone with a bit of potential and really give him a, a t test. 
Do you, do you want to know the funny thing about the highest paid kicker this year? Who was it, Dan Bailey? No, no, uh, this coming season. At the moment, who is the highest paid kicker for this season? Mm-hmm. Highest paid kicker this year. Mm, not sure. Dane Gonzalez. <laughs> not quite. It's, it's Cody Parkey, and he's already been cut. <laughs> oh, shit. No kidding. How did that happen? Because they signed him to a big deal, and wow. then he got that kick, um, the one touched, um, and then uh, they decided It wasn't to... even that good for us. It was... It, it was Cody Parkey, the one that got touched. Am I going the right guy? Yeah, you got it in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. And everyone <laughs> wow. thought, oh, he's, uh, it, it was missed. And then uh, no guy got a slight touch, which was enough to just take it off. But uh, yeah. The, I just wanted to add, when you're going in, if you think you have the possibility of being a Super Bowl team, I, I, I don't think you can leave yourself a hole at this position because they do one job. I mean, really, this is your closer. You know, this is your guy that has to come in and and have balls of steel and, and make a huge kick to win you the game. Uh, I'm, I'd be willing to pay a guy uh, decent money to bring in a veteran guy that's proven that is going to, you know, get, be better than what we've had anyways. I, I'm a little worried about what the Browns are, you know, running Greg Joseph out there again, to be honest. Hold the press. Greg is saying we're going to spend money on a kicker. This guy – Hates kickers, and now he wants to pay money for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate kickers, but yeah, unfortunately, the rules make us have one, and it's an important, vital piece that we have to have somebody make a kick. Otherwise, uh, our ho- our hopes and dreams could be dashed. No, 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 no. None of this abiding by the rules. Look at Mike Leach. We're going for it on fourth down. None of this. Are oh, we going to kick it? <laughs> if it's fourth and ten, we're going to go for it. So uh, we're going to be bold. Have a bold offense and just keep going. Freddie Kitchens was a little bit crazy um, with Greg Williams, and they, they were going for it and testing it. So uh, let's just go for it more often, be more aggressive. And the whole mindset of the team was, um, it, and the old school offenses, and Todd Haley was part of it, it's how do we get to third and manageable? No, Freddie Kitchens, um, Todd Monkton especially, it's how do we get a first down? Um, it's the same way I play Madden, but it's the right way to go, and Mike Leach should praises how do you get the first down we're not interested in getting three yards three yards and all third and six that sounds lovely um no go for it so uh be bold lots more touchdowns lots more first downs and let's just get rid of the kicker Um, fourth down and two jack two seconds on the clock Mm -hmm. 50 yard field goal what are you you're throwing the ball in the end zone or are you going to kick that field goal i'm going to throw that ball (laughs) (laughs) but um no just the whole um the mindset and for me i would just stack my kickers cheap um and then when one of them has a wobble um you just cut them and get another one in the next day so uh Mm. because we saw this year even these great kickers that have had really good careers um they they were missing really key moments so i don't want to tie myself up in a load of money i'd rather have them stack them cheap and then when one goes wrong, just cut them and bring you the next one. How much is the highest paid kicker, Jack? You brought that up. What was he getting paid? Five million. Five mil- oh. So $5 million for security. That's what you're paying for. Yeah, but that's Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, we could use some Justin Tucker on our team. <laughs> Who, who's the next Justin Tucker? It's the Sign only time you ever go to a game and you see people with kicker jerseys justin tucker is the <laughs> i've no. never seen another kicker jersey again but i've seen so many justin tucker kick, uh jerseys 
Phil Dawson was the MVP of the Browns for like eight straight years. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say much. <laughs> right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm a massive fan of your pod. It's my favorite one out there. So um, plug yourself, guys. And if you're not listening to these two, go and sort yourself out because that's not acceptable. Uh, well, you can always find us on Twitter at STS Podcasts. Uh, our email is... <laughs> no, we're not doing our outro here. Get out of here. That's how we set them up. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find us on uh, on SDS Podcast. Uh, our our uh, podcast is anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, all those. We're on them all. Thanks for having us on, guys. Really appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Guys, can I ask, uh, how do you find my kicking as an Englishman? Do you think it's good or do I need to improve? Your is kicking gonna, is that... Is he yeah. going to compete with Greg Joseph in camp? That's what we want to know. Well, I, I think he can. I, I tell you, man, Paul, I, I'm impressed with Paul uh, on his uh, the new video uh, blog that he's doing there. Like, it, it looks good. He's got a, he's got a strong leg. Um, not, it's, an American leg would break down. That's what I've noticed. Uh, we, we're stronger in the hands over here. There's somebody, you're tossing the ball to the, to the kid in the store. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Can't catch. He has no hands. <laughs> I, I'm going, well, it's probably because all the sports he plays, he's just kicking stuff all the time. So uh, outside of what, what do you do? Rugby? You got to catch the ball in rugby, right? But it's yeah, a lot that's of, it probably. Yeah, but not a ton. Not a ton. It's a, uh, different things going on in your guys' uh, country than ours when it comes to sports. We're more with the hands. You guys are more with the feet, I've noticed. So I think you can you could probably come over here and get a job as a kicker. Excellent. What do you reckon I could kick over in Cleveland? Is there like an iconic building that I can go for? <laughs> I don't know. What's down there? The, uh, what's, the, what's the old bridge? The, uh, the, uh, the train bridge. What, what's that one called? I can't even remember Cleveland. Um, what a... What about the gap in the first energy stadium? Do you reckon I could kick it from the the road through that gap, or is it still well, well too high? Give it a go. I don't Give think. it a go. I don't know, man. How, how, like, like, how far of a field goal do you honestly think you can make? 20 yards. <laughs> 20, <laughs> well, <you gotta laughs> 20 yards. You can do that easy. That's you wait You you, you wait till the next uh, vlog. I do actually struggle <laughs> kicking it, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. That should be awesome. Yeah, I'm, my next I'm expecting is a, Zane give you some good. Yeah, my next target is a double-decker bus. So, uh, oh yeah, piece of cake. Perfect. I could do that. I could do that. It's gonna go straight in the double-decker bus. <laughs> <laughs> Open window, ball in the face. Well, that's an idea, Jack. With the Don't open kill top, someone. No, the open-top double-decker buses. It could be a trick shot that I kick the ball into the bus when it's moving into a convertible style double decker bus 